0: One more round of applause for the band. That was amazing. Look, we're going to be together a lot this week. So one thing you should know up front is I can't sing at all. So I'm just blown away whenever the band is playing. Um, Wow. Surf City. We're here. After a year. All right. so, So 34 Surf Cities now. This is number thirty-four. It took a second year to get the thirty-four, but we're here—like a year plus of quarantine—and you guys are here. Like last summer, you weren't here, and now you're here. Okay, okay, all right, all right, all right. So I, I've never spoken at Surf City, so uh, I'm ready for the booze, the tomatoes. But I know that everyone that speaks at these camps, they always have to introduce themselves and their families. So I want to introduce you to. To my family, I think that's the only fair thing I can do. So this is my wonderful family. That's my wife, Deirdre, on the right. Our sons, Geronimo and Hurricane. We've been married for seven years. Okay, Geronimo is Jerry for short. Okay, no, I don't have a wife or kids. It's really bad Photoshop. But uh, I I just kind of felt awkward. Everyone else has, like, people to introduce, and I've got no one. I've got cat. I don't even have pets. I'm going to be honest. Like, it's just me. I got an Xbox, but I don't play it anymore. So it's just like, you know, but I'm here with you. No Surf City last year, but we've got Surf City right now, okay? Now, uh, there, there's a comedian that once said, middle schoolers and high schoolers, are the most aggressively offensive, insulting group ever, but they do it in an accurate way. Yeah, that sounds right. Now, I don't believe that about you, but I- I'm a youth pastor in Pittsburgh, and my kids are really mean to me. And, and I had this revelation the other day. They pointed something out to me. I didn't know it until they told me. They said, Mike, you're bald. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I started to have this, like, crisis of identity. But the reality is, what you might not know, is that I'm bald because I had a really great breakdancing career. Um, <laughs> but one too many spins. No, it's just male pattern baldness. And that's okay. But I've got a crimson beard. So, um, but I did once have hair. Do you believe that? Luscious locks. Oh, he said maybe sure. See, he knows. All right, so when I was a baby, long ago, 1994, millennials up here, look at this ready to fight. All of you, okay? Now, I guess that should have been like a precursor to where I'd be now, just without the beard. But like every protagonist and main character in the story, I had a very dramatic moment that changed my life forever. So I went to Disney World, and I was waiting to meet the love of my life. We had planned to meet, and Tinkerbell wasn't there. (laughs) Tinkerbell was not there. And not only was Tinkerbell there, I was inconsolable, honestly. I mean, it it was rough. And Peter Pan himself had to console me so that I could finish the day at Disney World. Okay? Now... Look, look at the, fa- look at the care in, in Peter's face, man. Come on. Look at that. Also, if you didn't know, I'm very pale. So, you know, that didn't change either. But from this moment on, I said never again will my heart be broken by Tinkerbell or any other person. So I grew my hair out, and this is what I once looked like. Look at that. Luscious locks. He was a skater boy. She said, see you later, boy. I mean, come on. Keep it going. I mean, there's a couple of photos. Look at this. Bandana. Hippie Mike. Hippie Mike. Uh, look at that. Look how long on my back it goes. I mean, it, it was going for some time. I got one more, I think. Look at that. Pose. Sass. Energy. Now, here's my... I, I warn you all, the men in the room in particular, it happens to the best of us, man. Yeah. So, good luck. Um, good luck. It, it's your mother's father, I think, is how it goes. But look, uh, all that to, to go to the side, there, there's not much I need to tell you about me other than I, I'm one of five kids. I was the fourth for a long time. It means I was a spoiled brat until I wasn't, okay? So um, because I'm a spoiled brat, like I want interactions from you guys. You guys can say whatever you want to say back to me, whatever, uh, but your leaders will deal with you later, um, okay? So uh, family of seven with my parents, I like hiking, I like the outdoors, I like open-toed shoes, Um, Avatar The Last Airbender. uh, All right, I'm talking to this side of the room now. Um, There is no movie. So um, that's some stuff about me. I'll be floating around camp all week, and I'll love to hang out with you guys and talk, but, you know, brush your teeth. Um, But this week, we're here. Now... Here are a few things I just wanna set up the week for us, okay? It's already past nine. I know you guys are just like ready to go. Um, but a few things. One is that maybe you didn't know this. Maybe you were tricked into coming here, but this week we're gonna talk about Jesus. And If you didn't know that, I'm genuinely sorry. Someone tricked you into coming, but you're here now. And that's okay. Listen, honestly, look, we all come from different places, different backgrounds, and that's beautiful. That's part of what makes us people. We're all different. And wherever you find yourself in the life of faith, we're not in a faith at all. I guarantee you there's something here for you this week if you lean in. And that's the next thing I want to talk about, leaning in. It doesn't mean in your seat, like let's keep our posture up, you know, all that good stuff. But lean into what you're hearing. There's two questions that you should be asking yourself probably the rest of your life. I'm asking you to ask them this week. And this, even if I get boring or if you've heard this all before, it'll help. One, what am I hearing that's resonating with me? What am I hearing that is like actually speaking to me on a, on a deep personal level? And the opposite of that is what am I hearing that I am resistant to, that actually sounds like garbage, that I hate, that I don't like? And you can actually ask a sub-question, why am I resistant to that? Those questions are gonna help you for the rest of your lives. If you, you know, we react to things all the time in the moment, but we don't really know how to put words to it. But if you can try to think through what is the thing I am feeling and put it into words, you're a dangerous person because you can articulate how you feel. So if you lean in this week, you're gonna get something. Not because it's me, but because that's what God does, period. But beyond leaning in, asking those questions, that's great. The other piece is to be here. There was no Surf City last year. We're here. Now, in our culture, we have so many things going on in our lives that, like, we're just so stoked, and sometimes we get into this mindset where we look forward to stuff for so long that by the time it comes, we're looking forward to the next thing. So, like, this week, like, right now, you're like, okay, Mike, come on, man, move on so we can go do the next thing. Be here. Wherever your body is, that's where you are, right? Like, there's all kinds of stuff in the outside world right now. There's your families, wherever they are. There's your friendships, wherever they are. There might be a job back at home. There might be school in the fall. There's all kinds of things outside of this room, but in this room, be here. For 20 minutes a night, be here, because I promise you, God will show up. So lean in, ask those questions, and be here. So tonight, the first thing we're gonna talk about this week is a very simple question, but simple doesn't mean easy. Who are you? Does it sound more philosophical if I say it like that? Blue hat. That's a lot of energy, man. Who are you? What? I am me. You are you. That's deep. Everyone should be taking notes right now. I am me. Beautiful. Listen, every human being at one point or another has to answer the question, who am I? Now that sounds silly, like sometimes we'll answer it with our name, like we're gonna introduce ourselves to strangers this week, hopefully. I've shaken a couple people's hands and it gets a little awkward, some people have clammy hands, some people like, go for the fist bump instead of the handshake. It happens to the best of us. But when we ask the question, who are you, it gets awkward because how do you tell someone who you are other than just your name, right? Your name isn't who you are, that's the name of you. But what really makes you, you? Or, or a way you could think about it from the opposite direction. When you're friends with someone or you're close with someone, at what point do you feel like they really know who you are? Like some people know your name, they're your acquaintances, like you hang out, you pass each other in the halls at school or on Zoom, whatever. Um, but you're not really like close. And if they'd say, oh yeah, we're friends, you'd be like, you don't know me, right? What makes you you? At what point does someone know who you are, Really? That's a really important question, and you guessed it, like, we're going to look at the Bible to talk about some of these questions this week. So, a little, a few words about the Bible. Who are you? Now, the Bible. The Bible brings all kinds of baggage for people with it. Maybe it's a book you've read every day since you were born, which would be impressive, because if you can read it at, at six months, great, you should go to space, um, Maybe you've never read the Bible. Maybe you tried to read it, it was weird, confusing, awkward, the words didn't make sense. That's okay too. And that's because the Bible is an ancient book. That means it's really, 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 really old. The newest part of the Bible, 2,000 years old. That's how old it is. It's not supposed to make sense on the first read-through. And that's okay. You know, the Bible, 2,000 years ago, people weren't talking about iPads or TikTok or anything like that. And so we have to learn how to see it from the perspective of the people that were writing those things. But there's something in the Bible for all of us because the Bible fundamentally is the story of God's love for us and relationship with us. For and with. Now there's gonna be a couple of things I try to repeat over and over. I'm gonna sound like a broken record, but it's because I think it's something that might actually land. God's love for us, in God's relationship with us. Now, the Bible, it's got a lot of weird stuff in it. It's got some funny stuff in it, actually, if you know how to look for it. Uh, there's an entire book in the Bible called Lamentations. Does anyone know what it means to lament? Are you dancing or are you raising? Okay, what is it? Or do you not want to answer? You don't want to? Way to advocate for yourself, yes. To lament means to cry out, to grieve. To lament means to like, oh my goodness, I'm so angry, sad. That's something that probably everyone in this room has felt at some point. And there's an entire book in the Bible that's just about lamentations, lamenting, crying out, being angry and sad. It's because that's a human experience. And if we know how to read scripture, we learn how to position ourselves to experience it with those people. Now that's a little serious. On a brighter note, Um, there's this game I play with some of my teens sometimes called uh, Lamentations or Taylor Swift. Um, Because, hey, listen, I am pro-Taylor Swift. I said it here first, okay, listen. Mm. Eighth grade girlfriends, yeah, come on, that was our jam. It didn't work out, so whatever that means. But, um, But Taylor Swift has some crying out, so let's play a quick round of this, okay? I want you to raise your hand if you think this line is from Taylor Swift. This yearning in the deep part of my heart for you. Raise your hand for Taylor Swift, keep it down if you think it's from Lamentations. I've got one Taylor Swift. Two? Oh, oh, now we've got, oh, Oh. peer pressure. All right, let's send it, what do we got? Oh, Oh, snap! All the gentlemen in the room are on the right side of this equation. That's a nice flex with the Heat jersey. I, I don't even know that song. Let's do one. Let's do another one. Let's do another one. Okay, I'll never forget the trouble, the poison I've swallowed. That's almost like a rhyme. Raise your hand for Taylor Swift. Boo! All right, and it's from. All right. Clearly, you don't know your Taylor Swift lyrics. We'll do one more, and hopefully it's a freebie. All we are is skin and bone. Raise your hand for Taylor Swift. So uh, is it T-Swift? I don't know. All right, let's see it. Treacherous. Now, Now, this can be fun. There's all kinds of things like this. There's a Justin Bieber version, too. You know, it's how it goes. But the point being... Scripture is this ancient, ancient old book, and yet Taylor Swift, who's probably on her way to be a billionaire by the end of the next decade, she also laments, just like every person in this room. So the scriptures, so the Bible is a really important place for us to ask these questions. So the question is, who are you? So we're going to jump into Genesis, which is the first book of the Bible. It means beginning, and that's easy because it's the first book, beginning. So let's go there. I, listen. Listen. The slideshow operator already yelled at me. There's a lot of Bible verses coming. This is one of those moments where I'm asking you to lean in. Just lean in, because it's coming. And I don't have a great narrator voice. But let's look up, let's jump in, and uh, we'll be able to hopefully make it through it together. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless, void, and darkness covered its face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. plants yielding seed and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, the trees uh, of every kind bearing fruit with seed in it. Did I repeat that? Are you listening, leaning in? Okay, good, Check check my reading here. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night. God blessed them saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps upon the ground Of every kind, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and the cattle and over the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. All right, listen, we're done, all right? Good night. I'm sorry. That was a lot of reading, but I didn't want to like cut out a few things, and then people would be like, "Oh, like how did we get here?" Um, now you know. Birds, water, earth, land. A lot of things happen there. Genesis, beginning, and we're talking about who are we? It says we were made in the image of God. We bear God's likeness. Now, when we say image in our culture, we think of pictures, typically, right? You see a picture, and that's the thing, and That's not really what we're getting at in Genesis. That's not what the writers are talking about when we say the image of God. It's not that we look like God in some dramatic way because if we do, then apparently God is both bald and full head of hair. You guys have great hair in the second row. It's really frustrating. Um, The image of God. Think about when you have a picture of your friends. Now they're all feeling themselves. Oh, yeah, nice. Nice. Think about when you have a picture of your friends, whether it's on your background or on, a, on your wall. There's a picture of the person, right? It's a picture of a moment, but the picture represents much more than just that exact moment, it's, it's a memory. It's all the things wrapped up in who that person is, what that person means to you. That's why sometimes if someone loses a picture, it's like you've, you've lost something dear to you, right? When we talk about the image of God, it's, it's something that separates humanity from the rest of creation because it gives us the ability to join God in God's creative work. Whether that means creating or being hopeful or creating a better society around us, that's what God has invited us to do in that image bearing. So when we say that we're made in the image of God, that's what we're talking about. The thing that separates us from the rest of creation But the writer of Genesis goes a little bit further here and says the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The man became a living being and the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east and there he put the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God made grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This takes it a step further. It's saying like, okay, yeah, God created humankind. Let's elaborate. God breathed life into humankind. Now that, that language is gonna come up again, breathing life into us, but it, it's hammering home this idea that we are made in the image of God. And God goes, a li- it's, Genesis goes a little bit further to say that the Lord God took the man and put him in this garden to till it and keep it, and the Lord God commanded the man, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree... Of the knowledge of good and evil, you should not eat, for in the day you eat of it, you will die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. Genesis tells us two things about who we are fundamentally. One, that we are made in the image of God, that that says something about what we are. As individuals, you are the only you that will ever be. That sounds stupid, but think about that. You are the only you you can be. It does you no good to pretend to be someone you're not. It does you no good to act like you are someone that you are not. You are you, own it. Own all the weird things that make you you because God made you in God's image and we only reflect that image when we actively own who we were created to be. But the other piece of who we are in Genesis says that we were not made to be alone. Community is the opposite of loneliness. Now don't get this mixed up. It is wonderful to go be alone for a moment. I'm an introvert, like I love to go be alone. But choosing to be alone and loneliness are two very different things. Genesis says that it is not good for humanity to be alone. Loneliness is that feeling when you feel like no one understands who you are, that no one's in your corner, that no one is there to support you, that no one really understands you. That's loneliness. That is the opposite of what we were created to be. Community is the opposite of that. Community is choosing to own the fact that we are better together when we all are able to actively be who we are and own it. All the weird stuff, too. I promise, every person in here, the coolest person, and I don't count, so I know I would have won that, but we'll just move on. The coolest person in here has something that they feel makes them uncomfortable they don't want to share with anyone else because they're embarrassed of it. All of us have things that we think aren't good enough to show the rest of us, but we are only a good community if we are honest about who we are because God made you who you are. So don't waste time trying to be someone you're not. So there's a rule that's given to this creation. This will will wrap up here tonight. And the rule is that you shouldn't eat of any, or you can eat of all the trees, but there's one you shouldn't eat of. Now, sometimes people read this story and they go, see, God just wanted a reason to be mad at humanity. It's like, no, 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 I think God is saying, I know what's in store for you if you do this. Please trust me, don't do it. Spoiler alert, they do it. They eat of this tree. Now, all throughout the creation story that we read all of, okay, uh, God, at the end of each day, says it was good, it was good. and gets to humanity, it was very good. Where do we get this definition of good and evil? Good and bad. What does it mean to say something is good? Like, is the, the dinner you had tonight good? Is the sleep you're gonna get tonight good? Like, Is the person that cut your parents off in traffic, are they good? What makes something good or bad? And here's the thing. Whether or not you are like diehard Christian here tonight or you have no interest in faith whatsoever, you follow something. You believe in something. You have your own sense of right and wrong. You have your own sense of good and evil. Is it okay to put someone else down for the way they look? Is it okay to cheat on a test when you really just need that final grade? Is it okay fill in the blank. We have these questions come up every day of our lives and all of us have our own code that we we follow. Here's what's right, here's what's wrong and here's the thing, none of us live up to our own standards. Everything that we say is good and bad, we still end up doing the bad thing even though, even if you believe you created that system for yourself, you don't live up to your own expectations. Now, Animals have instincts. You ever see Animal Planet and you see these animals hunting each other, it's like depressing. I love animals. It's like instincts are one thing, but there's something in the bones of human beings that make us go there is a should involved here. There is good, there is evil, and even if you think you define it yourself, you don't live up to that should. You don't live up to your own idea of what it means to be good. And why is that? Creation is the story of humanity's relationship with God. And God said, this is what it means to be human, to be in my image, to make a community together. But to be in that community, there are certain things that don't fly. All kinds of people try to answer the question of right, wrong, good, evil. And here in Genesis, we get a picture of the beginning of what those questions look like. Who are you? Fundamentally, when someone asks you who you are, who are you? Take away the sports you play. Are you still who you are? Take away the music you love. Are you still who you are? What is your identity? Because in Genesis, our identity is rooted in our ability to reflect the image of God, our ability to live in community. And so when we ask ourselves this question, who are we? What are you passionate about? What do you feel is evil in the world around you? What brings you so much joy you can't even contain it? TikToks, so funny, I love to laugh. What are the things that point you to something bigger than yourself? These are the things that help you ask this question and answer this question, who are you? We're gonna dive more into these questions this week. That's what I'd like you guys to walk away with tonight. So if you bow your heads, let's pray and we'll move forward. Jesus, thank you for this night, this time to be together, Lord. We're grateful for your word. We're grateful for after a year of being alone, of being stripped away from community, that we're able to be back here in this place, Lord, in this place where you've done so much before and that you'll do so much again. We pray for joy. We pray for excitement, for fun, and for a great week. In Jesus' name, amen.